This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners the real facts and the real stats about our local market. We want to provide you with this information to help you make good, informed decisions. And to help me with that today, here in the studio is Michelle Walker of Guild Mortgage. Good morning. Good morning, Don. Glad to be here. Yes, and um, I'm excited to have you here because you've been in the business 18 years. That's right. That means you started in that normal Maybe the last normal year we had, 2000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2001 through 2018 has been anything but normal. Oh, yeah, all over the place. You know, when I started, it was, you know, rates were at 6%, and, you know, everybody was, you know, happy buying houses. And, you know, it's uh, since then we've seen, you know, growth in, in, in rates and, you know, drop in rates and, you know, a crash in the market and who survived and who didn't, you know, so. Yeah. So um, in 2000, you're saying interest rates were um, 6% about? Around 6%, yeah. Anywhere from 6 to 7% at the times. And then we went through <clears throat> what I call the steroid era. And by the way, Michelle is a big baseball fan. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't have to say that part. (laughs) (laughs) We quickly discovered this morning she's for the team in orange and I'm for the team in blue. But we are going to cooperate. We're going to get along and make this a good show. Absolutely. Yeah. Despite those those sports differences. You know, it's 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 just who we root for and that's the way we are. Yeah. Hey, what what if we did that politically too? It doesn't matter who you're rooting for. Right. We're coming together, and we're going to make this a good show. That's right, and we're really all on the same team. Ah, I like that. Yes, we are. Yes. Um, all right, so um, how have you seen the business change in 18 years? Well, you know, that's a, that's a great question. You know, when I started and, and I grew in this business, you know, and then we went through the height of the market and then the crash of the market, you know, you had to really kind of redevelop yourself and, and you know, uh, build relationships, you know, in this business because everybody wanted a loan from 2002 to 2005, you know, and, and people use their, uh, you know, their equities and, and they went upside down and then when they, you know, they, they lost out on that um, – you know, it, it just it gave me an opportunity to know who I was in this business and what I needed to build my business around. And um, and it just it's always been, you know, my biggest goal. My my why in my business is to be your lender for life. And the reason that that is because I went through all those times where there was, you know, the crash in the market and then you had to rebuild and and I'm building those relationships. So it's about putting people in homes. It's about, you know, their legacies and their, you know, their best interests. So uh, for me, um, you know, the change in, in real estate and, you know, the crash in the market and then rebuilding, I think it's always been about building relationships. I liked what you said about your lender for life because it leads us back 
to the early 2000s when we went through a phenomena that I think was an inver- played a very, very big role in the so-called crash. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you know, I am a real estate guy, so for all the listeners out there, when I tell you it really was not a housing crash, it was a financing crash. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, of course, the houses were the ones that got taken, but um, when we did a foreclosure survey back in 2009 mm-hmm. or eight. Um, we found that uh, only 18% of the foreclosures were found in our multiple listing service database. What that means is 82% of the foreclosures came from um, uh, non-represented transactions. So uh, people were not using uh, realtors in those toxic situations. Now, of that 82%, um, 54% of the total represented cash-out refinances. And, Absolutely. And, and that's where you're going. Your you home get. was your ATM. Yeah. Yeah. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I think I used to... They didn't know what position they were putting themselves in. They didn't understand. And then you had people you know, doing the loans without regard for their, their well-being. So, you know, there's a lot of what... For me, what I think is that they gave us this product to sell, and they told us to sell it, you know, and then, you know, not looking out for the best interest of the client. So in my business, it's always been about looking out for the best interest of your clients, of the people you're in business with. And was that a good, you know, a good product to sell to you? Well, it was all about me being able to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. If that wasn't good for you, then, you know, maybe I wasn't your lender. And, that, and it's easier to connect when you see somebody face-to-face. So where I'm kind of going with this, mm-hmm. back in the early 2000s, it was our first, our society's first run with online financing. Mm. So you could go online, and by the way, you're not getting your lender for life. That one who is concerned that they're, going to not sleep at night if they put you in a bad product Uh, because they see you if it's local but here we are doing online transactions so many people had no idea what they actually were signing up for no and they are the ones that lost their homes right well first of all you know everybody's looking out to save a buck you know everybody thinks that there's you know, the better deal, maybe, you know, not everybody. Let me not be absolute here. Um, a lot of people think that the online companies offer better fees, better rates, and that's just not true. Your online company is not going to answer the phone at 7 o'clock at night. Your online officer is not going to answer the phone on the weekends. People want to feel secure in their transactions, and there's no savings in that. The value of being able to communicate with your loan officer, and, you know, let me just speak on local, local, local businesses, local people. There's security and trust when you're dealing with a local representative. And, again, you're getting, you're getting to build a relationship with somebody in the biggest financial transaction of your life. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's no value. You know, I can understand you know, it's a business and people want to save money, but you're really not saving anything because you know, we all get our rates from the same swimming hole. Okay. I think that's important for listeners to, yeah. to know. Um that you all get the money from the same place. That's right. So really, I mean, yeah, maybe somebody can do a processing fee, a hundred bucks cheaper, 
And by the way, divide $100 into a $400,000 mortgage and tell me how important that really is. Right. Would you rather have good service knowing that you have a lender who wants to be your lender for life as opposed to let's just, you know, click, click, click and get her done? Right. I agree. You know, so like I said, you know, I'm the loan officer that will answer my phone at 7 o'clock at night when you have a question that needs answering so you can rest. And, um, you know, I just believe that local, and I support local business. I support, you know, those kinds of relationships that you want to keep in your community because you're buying a house in this community. You're buying a house, you <coughs> know, uh, in in the valley, and you want somebody that you trust doing handling that transaction. Again, it's all about local support and having that relationship with somebody. Again, we're all getting our rates from the same swimming hole, and you might save a hundred bucks on a processing fee, but you're not gonna—they're not gonna answer their phone. You know, here's a good story about keeping your money local so mm-hmm. that it can uh, have the ripple effect. Yeah. My wife and I were driving to the coast, and she she asked why I was pulling over in Los Banos to get gas when I still had half a, half a tank of gas. I said, you know what? If we have to pay gas tax, I'm gonna pay it to Madera, Merced County, whichever one Los Banos is, <laughs> rather than San Benito County. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, we need it more than they do, and if I have to pay it anyway, going to pay it here. Keep the money local. Now, that might be a over-exaggeration, but welcome to my brain. That's right. how I think. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I'm about supporting local businesses and, and our community and uh and, you know, and when you do that, you, you know, we build referrals around that. We broaden our spheres of influence. We, you know, take into, you know, the events that we go to and we get to share and help in our community as far as community service work. I mean, for me, my business is about how I can help my community, you know, and mm-hmm. that's at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about. You know, when you give back to your, your home, this has been my home for a very long time. I moved here in 1986. And, uh, you know, I just love Fresno. I love Fresno. Where'd you come from? Actually was born in uh, Sacramento and uh, grew up in Wisconsin and came back to California. So Mm -hmm. in 1986. So Interesting. Yeah. So let me go into this. So back to the part about all the money comes from the same source. So really, which is, I think, the, the big giants called Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Yeah. All right. So really, if somebody quotes a 4.5% rate, and then you go online and you see uh, 4 and a quarter, you know, it sounds like, hey, there's a good savings there. Maybe the online people can do it cheaper for whatever. Actually not. There's probably more to that story behind the 4 and a quarter. What are some of those more to the stories? <laughs> more to the story. First of all, when people go online and they look at an interest rate because it's being advertised, remember, not everybody is qualified for the same interest rate. There's, you know, there's different dynamics that get you to a rate that you, it's a guide. It's a guide. It's a, it's a, a way, a means of seeing where the market may be at based on a purchase with 20% down with a 780 credit score. You know, different people have different dynamics when it comes to getting an interest rate. So I tell people, be very careful. It's always best to get pre-approved and find out what you're qualified for because you see that rate advertised doesn't mean that's the rate you're going to get. 
and mm-hmm. uh, and and honesty and transparency and all of those things. You know, like I said, it's just an advertisement because you know the Fed Reserve hands out the rates to Fannie and Freddie and says, you know, hey, this is where we're at based on this qualification. So, you know, there's certain different dynamics that create that rate. So, so I just went online and there's a big flashing thing here, 4.4. But you're saying there's conditions to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it could be maybe I got a a D in mathematics back in uh, high school. So, I'm going to get, I cannot get that good rate. <laughs> well, your D in mathematics is, you know, fortunately not going to affect your interest rate. Your ability to maintain good credit is going to affect your interest rate. Uh, what about lock rates? Could that play into it? Maybe this flashing 4.4 thing is just, um, uh, I can't do that throughout the whole 45-day escrow period? Well, you can. If you like to gamble, and I've never been a gambler, so for me, with a market such as this, you know, uh, when somebody gets into contract or gets into an escrow, it's always my best advice to lock. You know, you never want to gamble and wait for the interest rates to go down because at this particular point, they're still continuing to go up. So lock so, versus float. I believe so. That yeah. is absolutely. It's been in my experience over the years to do that, and there's times when that's not the best idea depending on your specific situation. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, using, uh, let me just put it, bring it back. Yes, it's always best to lock. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it right there. I've always told my clients, I said, I'm not the loan officer and, you know, talk with them. But if you, I'd like to see you lock the rate in, mm-hmm. in the beginning, unless you're a financial analyst or the Kentucky Gambler. That's right. You're one of those two. You do what you want. <laughs> but, I mean, nothing worse than um, something that causes rates to jump during your escrow period. And then all of a sudden, maybe you don't even qualify now for the right. next. Yeah. And I don't want to be the one to advise you to not lock it and it goes up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's putting yourself in a very dangerous situation. So, it's if you, you know what the rates are at going in, so my best advice is to lock. Yeah, and once you lock, quit looking at rates. That's right. When I fill up my gas tank, I quit looking at prices for a couple of more days. (laughs) (laughs) With that, we are going to go to our next commercial, our first commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio with us, we have Michelle Walker of Guild Mortgage. Hello. And Guild Mortgage has been around a long time. About 55 years. Okay. And that's longer than I've been in the business, not by a whole lot. But um, (laughs) I remember Guild Mortgage back when I started. So, yeah. Yeah, great company. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, our... We're very happy with our platform and uh, the ability to to service the loans. We have a $32 billion servicing portfolio, so it keeps us in contact with our clients, which is really great. Okay, let's go back to, we were talking earlier about um, 
the the ability to meet face to face with a person because you're dealing locally. What does how does that help you as a loan officer? Because you said you want to serve your client, you want to do what's best for them, get the right loan for them. Sure. Um, meeting them face to face as opposed to let's say doing the application online because you can do one online. I take it absolutely, and and that makes it easy for people. But again. Part of my mantra, the lender for life, and and part of what we do and of, as a value-added proposition, we want to bring value to the to the transaction. We want to make sure that people feel secure. So, I mean, the uh, the most important part about that is being able to meet people face-to-face, having them come in and sit down with me uh, and look at the loan, especially first-time homebuyers. When you come to the first time homeowner, there's a lot of information. That's a lot to process, and you know people hear it, and sometimes it sounds like Chinese. So you want to make sure that you explain the process step by step. You know what is the realtor's part in the transaction? What does the loan officer do? What can I expect from this? And helping them uh, understand and walk through it. What is an interest rate? What is an APR? What are closing costs? What is close of escrow? What is an escrow officer? You know, explaining that in in the most simplest terms. But I think the value in meeting people face-to-face gives them that comfortability of knowing that, you know, again, back to local service. And, and you're not going to get that on the Internet. And there's got to be an advantage to you to actually see their facial expressions and, and their nonverbal cues. For example, let's say somebody says, well, I want to do this one loan program, and it's kind of a complex one. You're explaining it to them, but because they're there in person, you could see their arms are crossed, mm-hmm. jaws are clenched, yes. and they are got a puzzled look. Absolutely. You can always see when someone is not understanding or feels uncomfortable or feels inferior because the information they don't understand. So they'll the defense mechanisms come up, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to explain to them that you're taking them through this process to find the best loan program the easiest, in, in the easiest terms because we can't talk acronyms and mortgage language to a borrower. We can talk it to our real estate partners mm-hmm. in our own little community. But when we're with clients and we're with borrowers and people who are buying homes, you want to make sure they understand what we do mm-hmm. and why we do it. So, you know, putting together the best loan profile uh, walking them through that process is just so very important in, in building that relationship. And then you can see them start to unfold their arms, so their face start to relax, and then, oh, and they start to engage in the process. And when you see that, then you know that it's working. And there's so much value in that. There's so much, you know, when they start to feel comfortable, you know that they understand. And they're going to feel, you know, as this is the first step in their real estate adventure. Mm-hmm. And a lot of your business, I would think, comes from referrals from real estate professionals. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to go back to what I said before. 82% of the foreclosures back in in the foreclosure era came from non-represented people. Uh, um, You know, they didn't have a – because the homes were not found in our MLS database. So – I think there is a real value-added proposition here. When you're working with a realtor, they refer you to a local lender who can look out for your best interests. Stick with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Just because you see that flashy green 
thing on online that has this outrageous interest rate doesn't mean that's going to be a great loan. Well, and that's correct. You know, and the, for the most part, the people that I talk to want to deal with a local person in this particular transaction. Again, it's the biggest financial decision people make in their lives. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest investment. You get to know them on a personal level. You've got all of their information. They want to know they're secure in that. I still find that to be bigger than the online companies. I think that the online companies are probably their market is more refinance, not local purchase market. And now that our market is back to traditional sales, there is truly a realtor and lender relationship in that transaction. We're back to, you know, the involvement of real estate, you know, REOs. Of course, it wasn't on your MLS. It was an REO, mm-hmm. bank-owned properties. And so now uh, being back in that is just, you know, again – redesigning yourself after the crashing market with your real estate partners. And I've always thought that that was the best interest of the client to have a realtor involved in their transaction, even in that market. Yeah. And I, um, I remember a, a situation where I, I helped a client buy a home. Um, she was about 60 years old, worked as a CNA, uh, nursing assistant. Mm-hmm. Did, so didn't make a whole lot of money, but also probably past her prime earning years. So I came up with this idea that she should get this type of, uh, well, it was the old chaffa loans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it was a really good rate for her. It would have been a um, 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. (coughs) This home was priced uh, to a point where I knew she could afford that when she went on to Social Security in a few years. It, it, It would have been a good loan. She ended up taking the advice of a friend, rather than her realtor, took the advice of a friend and found an out-of-area lender who put her into an adjustable rate mortgage. Mm. Now, here's a person that has a fixed income, basically. Sure. And all of a sudden, you're in an adjustable rate mortgage. She called me a couple of years later and said, I need help refinancing this thing. I said, why? You know, um... And she said, well, it's gotten out of hand. The rates have gone up tremendously. I can't afford the payment. So we tried to get her into another one, but she just didn't have the income to qualify now and because uh, her hours had been cut. Anyway, she ended up having to take one of those option arm loans. Sure. She, she was able to refinance it, but back into another adjustable, which just, it yeah, just added to the problem. It's a ripple effect. Yeah. She lost the house. It, that's and, and that's a shame because mm-hmm. she could have been set for life had she stayed with the local people that gave good recommendations to her, that wanted to be the realtor for life, the lender for life. Mm-hmm. So, You know, unfortunately, that's a very a sad situation, and that's happened, and I've heard that situation many times over. And... You know, um, I agree. You know, local having a local presence and, and looking at the face-to-face, looking at your estimates, you know, of course, you've heard about this arm loan. Is it the best option for me? Probably not on a fixed income facing retirement. You know, your income's obviously not going to be the same. So you want to make sure that you see you get, you get the best advice. And 
unfortunately, sometimes people make a, a, a wrong decision. But we all learn from our mistakes. And uh, that doesn't mean that she won't ever be able to buy again. But I bet you when she does, she's probably going to choose a local lender or somebody that she can talk to and feel comfortable with and not take the advice of somebody that doesn't have her best interests. Mm-hmm. So there is our value-added proposition. Yeah. And I w- now let's take it. Here's more to it. If you can stay local um, as opposed to going out of area or online, there is an accountability issue. Um, I, I, I will that that loan officer who switched that lady mm-hmm. to a um, toxic loan. Sure. I'm never going to run into him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, unless I stop for gas in Los Banos. And <laughs> uh, but you but, buy gas locally. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but but if it's local, like it, um, I'm going to probably run into that loan officer at a MLS meeting or on another transaction or at the gas station, the grocery store, and they got to see me and explain why they did that. Well, of course, and I want to, as part of our local presence and as part of dealing with somebody in your own community, you're going to get constant emails from me as my client. You're going to get updated information. You're always going to know what's going on in the market. So when your next real estate investment comes about, you're going to stay local. You're going to go back to the person who showed you how to do the, do it right the first time. And, you know, there's situations happen and circumstances and life happens sometimes, you know, and sometimes things don't always work out the way you want them to financially. But if you know that you're secured in your home loan and you're dealing with a local lender and you have somebody that you can communicate and call. And like I said, I build relationships with my clients. They're not just my clients. They become my friends. They become people I go to barbecues with and I know their kids and they refer their family members because you've built that level of trust with somebody in your own community that you can turn to. Well, thank you, Michelle. But with that, we are going to our next commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio, we have someone who wanted to be put into play today, and, <laughs> and that is Michelle Walker of Guild Mortgage. And speaking of that, I mean, the, the, the song talks about getting involved and wanting to be part of what's going on. You're very involved locally. Um, I know last week's guest, John Shore, mm-hmm. uh, of the Community Housing Council, said you're on the board of directors there. I am, yeah. I believe getting involved in your community is super important. Um, you know, it's all about giving back. And, you know, so I have I serve on the board of directors at the Community Housing Council, which is a fabulous organization. It really helps first-time home buyers, uh, counseling. Um, they offer classes, you know, different classes for uh, uh relicensing for real estate agents and loan officers as well. So they do a lot of stuff, but our, our biggest goal there is is to raise money to help first-time home buyers. So mm-hmm. I, I believe in that 100%. And, again, educating the community, uh, getting people into good loans, and uh, I serve on the Women's uh, Chamber, uh, uh, Chamber of Commerce and Fresno Women's Network. There's a lot of things that I really like to do. Uh, 
a volunteer with the Margie Mason, things like that. Ah, okay. So very involved. Yes, I like to I like to be a part of my community. Good. Um, and let's now talk about loan programs. So you were some time back. You told me about an FHA program that involves solar. Well, you know, it came out just a while back, and because of the issues with solar, and as you know, so many issues with solar, uh, transferring leases, power purchase agreements, you know, taking on that payment, adding it into the debt-to-income ratio. So now FHA has come up with a program where you can finance solar on a home because, as you know, beginning of the next year, solar is mandatory on all new builds. So now they're making it, you know, pretty much not mandatory for for all new purchases, but people want solar. Energy conservation, I believe in it 100%. So FHA has a program now where you can finance the solar in your purchase. You don't have to worry about the transfer agreements. You don't have to worry about the power purchase agreements. That that stuff is already being financed for you. How does it work? Well, you just uh, include the price of the solar into the purchase contract. So, yeah. Okay, so let's say you're buying a home for $250,000. That's what you're giving to the seller. Right. Um, and here, and you get a, a bid for, let's say, $40,000 to add solar on there. Right. They'll make you a loan of two ninety. Correct. Yeah, you're financing the cost of the solar so it's owned. Okay. So there's power in that. They don't have to add a payment into the debt-to-income ratio. It's owned solar. So you're just making one mortgage payment for the complete purchase price of the home, including the solar. Hmm. And that's insured by FHA. Correct. I tend to have a big faith in FHA. Mm, Me too. um, Because even during crazy times, uh, they were always the least crazy. So for I, I remember way back in the 80s when they were doing um, adjustable rate mortgages, at least FHA adjustables were a, a fixed adjustable. Right. If, uh, I don't think that was the official name of it. That's the Don Scordino name for it, fixed right. adjustable. But, <laughs> but what it meant was that it, it told you that in two years, this is what your interest rate will be. It will go up to this. So at least you knew what you were paying, whereas the true adjustable was, you know, inside of those uh, parameters of 35 to 12% interest rate, in three years, you could be anywhere in there. Absolutely. You, you stay fixed for two, your margin increases, you've up to six, and then before you know it, it's increasing nine, 10, 11, you know, and, and people don't understand the cap. You know, and it could go there very quickly. I never have been a fan of adjustable rate mortgages. There are only a few circumstances in which I will even, you know, um, romance the idea of an. A, it just doesn't work for most people. That's mm-hmm. not what they want. They want security and a fixed rate payment. So FHA has always been the less discriminatory, uh, great for first-time home buyers. It you know they just the rate is the same for your six forty. Credit score borrower, you know, there might be some some mild adjustments, but FHA has just been a very level playing field for most people buying a home for the first time. So let's just go to a basic FHA. Explain to our listeners, please, what what is FHA? 
uh, FHA is a first-time home buyer program, and it allows people to come in with a very minimal down payment, 3.5%. Conventional offers that as well, but then if you have a lower qualifying credit score, the mortgage interest on that program could make that home that you want not available for you because that mortgage interest is so high. Well, FHA will has one mortgage interest rate for everybody. So it allows people to get into a home with a lower down payment and a uh, a monthly payment they can afford. Mm -hmm. And, of course, FHA doesn't actually lend you the money. It's still Guild Mortgage. It's just that FHA is telling Guild Mortgage, if you make a loan to this person, we'll insure it in case it ever goes bad. Well, so that's what FHA is. FHA is just an insurance company. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's backed by Ginny Mae. So Fanny and Freddie's other sister. brother, co- brother's cousin, sister. Yeah. So, you know, it's a family-backed uh, 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 securities. But, yes, FHA is an insurance company. It just, it just like VA is an insurance company. It's a guarantee. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you have... You know, we service all of our loans, our service pillars. So every mortgage statement that goes out to our FHA clients will have my name on it, Guild's name at the top of the page. Always be able to get in touch with your local loan officer. So it's nice that we can keep an eye on those specific programs because they want to eventually get rid of that mortgage insurance. They mm-hmm. want to eventually be able to get into a conventional you know, well, because their credit scores have gone up, or they don't—they have twenty, you know, percent equity now. So it gives us an opportunity to help them get even a lower payment later on. Mm-hmm. And of course, FHA was started way back in—I believe it was the 1930s. So it's soon to be a hundred years old. Yeah. Um, and I think it was always intended to help first-time home buyers. But you don't have to be a first-time home buyer no. to to get an FHA. So others can get it too. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the 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 verbiage for a first time home buyer is is standard in our industry as you haven't had a home or haven't owned a home in three years. After three years, if you sell a home and after three years you're considered a first time home buyer again. But you do not even have to be a first time home buyer to take advantage of the FHA loan. If you have a lower credit score and you don't currently own any other property, you can use an FHA loan to buy your next home. And again, it's just a it's a great platform for people who need that particular loan. They need the lower down payment. They need to have an interest rate that you know that's not you know solely based on your credit score. How about the VA loan? Tell us a little bit about that. <sighs> My heart. I love VA loans. I've been a VA specialist in this valley for many many years, and. Um, it's a great loan product. You know, the VA is it's a guarantee. So the VA guarantees these loans for the, for uh, veterans and their spouses. So, uh, you know, 100% financing, no down payment, no mortgage insurance. Now, here's the thing that I think that's very important to explain about VA loans is that sellers and even some real estate agents still believe the myth that sellers have to pay all of the closing costs. That's absolutely not true anymore. Buyers can even pay for their own pest reports and their repairs. So, you know, uh, when, you know, a seller sees a VA offer, uh, they should they should absolutely, you know, be happy to see it, not, mm-hmm. oh, gosh, I'm going to have to pay for everything. That's just not true anymore. And, and still the lowest rate in the market, you know, 100% finds it. It's still the, uh, just one of the greatest loans out there. Yeah. It's funny how old myths just don't go away. Um, be, 
And, and maybe that, well, that was true about VA back in the oh, 1980s, sure. yes. that the sellers had to pay all these closing costs. But this is the year 2018, and it's not so anymore. Well, no, they couldn't compete if that was the case today. And and there was a time that, you know, maybe they thought that was in the best interest uh, of people, but, you know, it's, uh, buyers, you know, are educated. I think it's all about educating you know, our community and our buyers about, you know, what types of loans are getting into. There are regulations to that. You know, we can't charge a large origination and have buyer pay all the closing costs. So there's, you know, there's some guidelines there, but it's our job to educate the people on that loan. And uh, what I think it is, it just needs to be in the minds of real estate agents that these are very great loan products for people who deserve them. Mm-hmm. You know, our veterans deserve to use their, their benefits and, uh, and, and and to get into the home. So it's just a very wonderful program. So I always tell people, you know, if, uh, if a realtor, you know, calls me about a VA offer and says, well, doesn't my seller have to pay all the closing costs? And I explain to them, no, and this is why. You know, so that rule. Isn't it true that they, the seller does have to pay all of the escrow fee? No. And that's not a very big fee, by the way, to all our listeners. No, it's not true. Okay. It is absolutely not true. It's negotiated just the same as any other purchase contract. You, you, you have the buyers and sellers split whatever they feel is, is in their best interest. Well, gee, maybe this is why old myths don't die too easy. Here, I thought that was still the case. <laughs> no. But this is why I listen as I'm on Welcome Home Radio every week, so I can learn too. Absolutely. We all, you know, it's all about education and and getting the word out there about, you know, because guidelines change all the time. It's very tough to for me to keep up sometimes, but those ones are important. All right. With that, we're going to our next commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio we have Michelle Walker of Guild Mortgage, and she's been giving us a lot of information on mortgage lending. In fact, I learned something today. Uh, so, And I think that's proof that real estate is not just about check boxes and drop boxes. I mean, they're, they're, it's, a, it's a moving thing. Always, yeah, it's always a moving, always a lot of moving parts and layers. Mm-hmm. So my misinformation was actually accurate just a few years ago, well, a few yeah. months ago. Uh, and you don't do VA loans, or, or any particular realtor doesn't do VA loans all the time. So um, Right, there's always going to be changes to programs, loan programs, guideline updates. You know, as a lender, having that relationship with my real estate partners is it's that's where the value is added because you get to inform and, and update as we go because you're not going to usually uh, at the beginning of a transaction those kinds of things discuss you've got a VA offer this is a VA client this is what they can do this is what they can expect so it's a lot of updates and and changes to the to our industry so we have to stay on top of those kind of things so how do you handle it when somebody's in your office, you're interviewing them for the application, and you kind of get into a little financial planning advice, maybe. You know, they're, they're wondering, 
should we do a 15-year uh, mortgage or a 30-year mortgage? Uh, we might be retiring in 10 years. What? How does that play into your interview process? Well, it's as you go through that process with with somebody, you're you're analyzing assets, income. You're analyzing the total picture, and when you get to, like the again the face value of meeting with the client, you want to find out their short, long-term goals. How you know? Obviously, you can tell by meeting with them, having that face-to-face. You know where they are age-wise. You know, they tell you about their work history. Are they getting ready to retire within, retire within the next five to ten years? Is a 15-year mortgage better? You Again, it's through that analyzation and that getting to know people on a deeper level what their best financial future looks like. Now, I'm not, you know, licensed in financial planning, but I've worked with local experts to become familiarized on how to look for things that make that you know, a certain program in their best interest. So, again, you know, getting involved in your community, working with, uh, I have some great, you know, financial planning partners, uh, CPAs, you know, analyzing tax returns, always getting educated and updated on those types of things would help you show those benefits to your clients. You know, it's interesting you say you're not a financial planner, but you, you know, you, you can still help guide them maybe back to the financial planner for the advice they need. Um, I have some clients right now that are considering selling a um, an investment property that they have. But there's a little question here as I was analyzing or, or interviewing them, so to speak, and or talking with them. It may not be an investment property. It might still qualify as their um, primary residence because of the two- to five-year rule in taxes. So I said, well, who does contact your CPA while we do our own taxes. So, okay. So, I'm going to go with them Monday to a CPA that I referred to them. Good. And I told them I won't have any of the answers, but I might be able to help ask more questions. Right. uh, Because I do know a little bit about it. I'm not a tax guy. Uh, But, and that is something, that's value added service that you get from working with local people not going online absolutely and i don't i don't ever give advice on things that i'm not completely educated in so that's where those relationships come in with your accountants with your financial planners and unfortunately for me i have one in my building and 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 i can look at somebody's tax returns and say you know what i think you need some advice on this particular issue and i have somebody you can talk to that's right here so, you know, and even if I didn't, I could give them the name or the number of another local person in my community that, that could advise them correctly. A lot of people do their own tax returns, TurboTax, you know, self-prepared, and you think to yourself, you're just not taking full advantage of your situation and being advised correctly on how to grow your, you know, investments. So, mm-hmm. it's, and, and again, super valuable. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much for giving me that, you know, leading me to this person. I would have never known that. It's mm. huge. Yeah. And that's really, it's it's a good place in your heart when you know you can help somebody like that. Oh, it's why I do what I do. Yeah. It's the why. Yeah. You know, the paychecks, they come and they go. You pay taxes on them, but those good, good heartfelt moments stay. Yeah. If it was ever about the paychecks, I wouldn't have the relationships I have today. Yeah. Absolutely. That's just a a benefit. Mhm. Um, I remember somebody gave me advice one time. Do what's or take good care of your clients and they'll take good care of you. 
Yes. If you if you take good care of yourself first and your client second, they're not going to take care of you. So um, it's it, it's good to do it that way. Well, yeah. There's there's you know there's always it's, it can be a very stressful time. You know. What about refinancing? Is that a is this a good time to do it? Because you know we've all heard rates have gone up. Uh, again, I think that's a circumstantial question. Uh, if somebody's still in a high rate mortgage, yes, absolutely a great time to do it. If somebody needs to add, you know, um, some, you know, do some upgrades or additions to their home, it's still the cheapest money available. You know, we're still at a, you know, a market rate of five percent today. So, you know, average on the average. Uh, that's not for everybody, but that's about the average. So it's still the cheapest money around. You can't put it on a credit card and hope to not pay that much interest. So it's still absolutely a great time to refinance if that's what you're, do- if you know, if you need to pull cash out or if you're still in. A re- but there's this thing in our in our business called the net tangible benefit. It's our job as a loan officer to put those numbers together for you. If that loan doesn't make sense, then no, we won't do it. So. So if you have a five percent rate right now and you're dropping to a four and three quarter, eh, it's probably if you did that net. What's it called? Net, net tangible benefit. Okay. It's a worksheet. It's a simple worksheet that says, hey, if you're paying four thousand dollars in closing costs and you're only saving fifty dollars a month, you're not really recovering your money mm-hmm. in in the amount of time that seems to be cost effective. So we make sure that we we use those tools that the industry gives us to make sure we give them that net tangible benefit. Here's another thing to add to the worksheet, um, and that is, like, if you're pulling money out on a refinance to do home improvements, make sure the improvements are the long-term ones that you're putting on your financing. For example, if you're putting a new roof on, and that roof's going to last 30 years, okay, well, it makes a little bit of sense that you can do it on a 30-year mortgage. How about if it's painting the kitchen and the bathrooms? All right, you know, that's going to last a handful of years, five, let's say five years, until green is no longer in style. All right, well, you're going to be paying a 30-year mortgage on four paint jobs ago. Yes, yes, and so sometimes those are not always in the best interest of people, but most of the time when people do cash out refinance, it, it usually is for a a value added to their, you know, mm-hmm. equity added uh, in, improvement. So, all right, but I hear it all over the radio. See it in the paper. Uh, you get phone calls on it. Pay off those high interest rate credit cards. Refinance through, you know, click online here and refinance. Um, I'm not so sure about that one. Sure, it's an 18% credit card, mm-hmm. but what did you buy with that credit card? You bought a dress, a TV, uh, gasoline. Do you really want to pay a 30-year mortgage on a tank of gas? Don, don't you want to pay 30 years on a dress? No. No, me neither. So, again, it's... I doubt it would fit me in 30 (laughs) years. Me either. So, I I agreed. Um, There's debt consolidation that you can use home equity for, and if sometimes that makes sense, then then you can. Mm -hmm. All right. So, consider all that with your lender as you do a... uh, consider a cash out refinance yeah go through all your your levels of what's the best benefit yeah well michelle walker of guild mortgage i want to thank you very much for oh, coming thank in you for having me. and helping our listeners today with more information more knowledge and education glad to be here 
And tune in next week. We're going to be talking real estate investment with Tom Hyatt of Hyatt Real Estate. As always, thank you to all our listeners on Welcome Home Radio.